Hey, legends, welcome to uh, week t- 54 of the Virtus Performance Podcast. Uh, we've got Zeke on guitar, doing stuff. Do more stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, guest for today, we have Andrew Vanderbeek, the thought leader of the year, the uh, misfit with a cause, the... Idea man, ideas man, the uh, the face behind Illuminate Accounting, uh, someone who's chosen the most boring job in the world and kind of made it cool. Uh, we had a really cool chat about teams, about culture, about business, about growth, and just about enjoying what you do and waking up in the morning and going to bed at night and doing whatever the hell you want to do in between. So really cool chat. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, please like, share, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. Now that we're uh, past 50, um, I'm worried that we'll have more episodes than people listening. So please share away. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Andrew, mate, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, buddy. It's uh, it's been good to finally meet you after Sammy Keck's been <laughs> trying to get us to catch up for a little while. I've been paying him to try and promote me around the traps, and I think, well, mate, this is I the think first. You're getting your money's worth. Yeah, this is good. I like it. <laughs> first question for you: What gets you out of bed in the morning? Uh, uh, this is this is a great question. So there's a bunch of us on Twitter, like through like some accountants and a bit of an accounting community. They have this pre seven a.m. club. Um, and I and it's just what are you doing at 7am I don't get out of bed at 7am I yeah. get out of bed as late as I possibly can yeah. uh, what gets me out of bed um, I, I've never been able to answer that question properly I, I, I enjoy what I do as a business and I enjoy my family but probably the best thing in the morning I have is I get to cuddle my 4 year old and my 1 year old and I reckon that's what actually ends up getting me out of bed is I need to change the nappy <laughs> yep. your nappy or their uh, yeah well if only imagine <laughs> if we could all just cruise around with like adult diapers and it was okay I think that's one of those <clears throat> one of those socially acceptable things that will never be socially acceptable. Never. No. Just the smell. We can dream though. Yeah. Oh, it's 2018. Surely we can find... Why don't you start a thing? I'm not going to start a thing. <laughs> you could do it. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that at all. Talk, talk to me about what you do with work. What you do... What is it? Why do you... Yeah, just what is it? Introduce it to everyone. Yeah, cool. So I'll start with, the, I guess, the, the basic thing that everyone probably understands and connect to, and then I'll probably go into a bit more detail on what I see it being. Yeah, I see. So we're accountants. We lodge tax returns, and what I call we keep people out of jail. We we lodge the document on time accurately. Yeah. Um, but for us, it's greater than that. So um, business is called Illuminate. Um, it's been around for six years, uh, and we affectionately call ourselves misfits who give a shit. So um, our, our kind of like whole purpose for existing is we want our clients to get out of bed every day and devote their time to what they value the most. Mm. And it's because I see so many businesses that are just running, that are hiring more people, earning more money, you know, getting bigger factories with having no purpose behind it. They yeah. don't actually know what they want to achieve. And they're like, well, sure, let's just keep doing it because that's what business should be done. 
Um, and so we ask, you know, we have a golden question. We say, you know, if you could do one thing tomorrow morning, regardless of time, money, or location, when you get out of bed, what would you do? So it's kind of like a bucket list question. And for us, the answer to that question is what we want to do as a business. We want to help people make decisions that get them there. Um, we're not financial advisors. We don't tell them what to invest in. Yeah. Um, but we work specifically uh, with businesses and we help them to grow and we help them realize that through a bunch of different stuff. It's really cool. It's really, it's, it's nice to, it's probably like a breath of, fre- breath of fresh air for your industry and for yeah for accounting because it's like I'm very fortunate to have a, an amazing accountant that like I've got a personal relationship with and I know he gives a shit about what we do but mm. I assume a lot of people don't have that and that's probably what you're what you're trying to change. Well, absolutely. I think um, you know the accounting profession historically is just it's a transaction based yeah. thing. You know, um, you are forced to lodge a tax return to the government, and if you don't, they'll eventually knock you on the door and maybe take you to jail because of it. So, which is all well and good, but people are forced to, to work with accountants. You know, what yeah. would it look like if you wanted to work with an accountant? What would it look like if it changed differently? And instead of being a transactional based thing, it became a relationship based thing, and all of a sudden, someone actually gave a shit about what you're trying to do and journeyed with you through that, that you could be open and honest about where things are at. But they also understand what you're trying to do so they can believe in you as well. And they can they can encourage you to maybe make that decision that other people don't quite understand because they know what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, that's that's a it's nice is it nice to be able to sit back now and like we'll talk about how you got to this point, but it's nice to be able to sit back now and know that you're actually doing that day day in, day out. Oh look there are definitely days I wonder what the hell I'm actually doing. <laughs> Absolutely, definitely. Yeah. Over and you over and both. But I think, I think more often than not, um, you know, we've, we've got a good team of, of people that work, are working with us. Yeah. Um, we've got a number of clients we're doing it with. And when you start hearing the phrases that you've been speaking out for a few years coming out of other people's mouths without you initiating it, yeah. that makes you realize that maybe, maybe it's actually working. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe actually what you thought was a bit of a pipe dream, but let's give it a crack is actually starting to happen. And, and we're starting to see that over the last couple of years, which has been really cool. On the days where you question whether you're doing the right thing and question whether you're making a difference, what are the things you do or tell yourself to kind of get yourself out of the out of the slump, I guess? Oh, look, it's hard. I, I you know, I'd love to say that, you know, every day is easy and you face, it, you know, trials and tribulations and you just get over it and you move on and you refocus. Yeah. But, you know, I, I take I take people's opinions, you know, too closely. I I, uh, I wouldn't say I get offended, but I um, I care too much about others and, and I, I question what I do all the time. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm a failure a lot sometimes and, and then I, other days I don't. But I guess in the midst of where that is... Um, I went through some stuff a couple of years ago uh, that wasn't particularly enjoyable um, that had my character attacked and our business's character attacked. And the biggest thing that I learned there is that you're not defined by what you're going through, but how you go through it. Yeah. And for me, it was this whole like revelation of like, cool, what I'm going through is just something that I'm going through. It's not, it's not what I'm about. Yeah, it's, it's not who I am. Yeah. It's not my destination. <laughs> but, but if I can maintain my character whilst I go through that, then yeah. that's going to define who I am. That's really that's really cool, and then and you come back to why you started in the first place, and yeah. all the all the hard times and like all the all the slot that you got to wade through. You eventually come out the other side and yep, and get to that happy place, and then you got to go through more slope and then happy place and repeat. I think sometimes we we forget, like when you're in business and whatnot, and sometimes you forget how much of a difference you're making mm. or how far you've grown. Because yeah. um, oh, I had this whole thought a little while ago of like. 
wouldn't life be so much easier if we just lacked ambition? Like, would we just not enjoy the day more often? Because like, yeah. we're, we're never thinking about what we're not achieving. And yeah. I'm, I'm always thinking so far in the future. Um, like my, my answer to our golden question, what would you do, is I'd, I'd open a whiskey bar in, in a heartbeat. Yeah. But, so I'm constantly thinking of that moment. And I'm not happen? doing it right now. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, so you can be thinking, oh, I'm a failure. I'm not doing what I'm doing. And then for me, it's just the kind word of like, a buddy or someone a new client you've met or someone that you've bumped in the street who's heard of you who goes oh Illuminate you guys are amazing I, yeah. I heard and you're like oh okay cool <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we actually are doing good stuff and mm-hmm. you lose you lose perspective because you're so far focused so I, I'm trying to work on it at the moment like how can I have that the future the ambition what I want to achieve yeah. but appreciate the moments at mm. the same time so I don't lose perspective. It's a, it's a juggling act and it's a really hard one because I think when you when you just focus on the now, <coughs> pardon me, you lose that uh, you lose that forward thinking and that ability yep. to plan and that ability to go, well, here's where we want to be. Yep. Um, but it's really important to focus on the now and actually make a difference in the moment that you're in. Yep. And then on the flip side, if you just focus on the future, like all the stuff that needs to happen every minute of every day, you can kind of forget about that. So mm. what are the things you do to balance between the two? Um, I think it, it, it's always important to have a perspective on the future. Um, you always like to, to know if you're heading in the right direction, you've got to have that. I, yeah. I have some good people around me that I can check in with. Um, so I've got you know four people that sit on a board with my business that are, uh, are friends, but also people that I've given authority to speak truth and life into my business. So as a result of that, I can come with issues and they can then feed back the truth within it. Um, as well as then outside of that, having people in my world, like a couple of my team have been, I'm a lot close, I'm very, very close with, and they've yep. been able to experience some of the shit that I've got to go through, and they've been able to shed light on that. So I think that's that's really important, is that you have good people around you that can help to highlight whether there's any truth in what you're struggling with, what you're dealing yeah. with. But I think also the matter, that you've got to find ways to celebrate the wins. Like, um, as corny and as crappy as it sounds, we have a bell that I have <laughs> drilled to the wall in our office. And every time we start a relationship with a new client, we ring it. Now, awesome. we don't do it all the time because we always forget to. Yeah. But, like, you ring that bell and everyone's head, head goes up. Everyone gets a smile on their face. Everyone's wondering, who's, who's just jumped on board? What is yeah, this? And you, get, cool. you share that. And I think those little things are good. Um, and the other thing for us, like, for me personally and as a business is that we have, like, a, like a huddle every morning. We stand up. We share, like, what's going on in the world. But um, when I, I went away, I went away recently. When I came back, that introduced something new. And the new thing was, what was your win from yesterday? And it was just a little thing, not a big thing. Lots of, what's the one thing that happened yesterday? And so for me... I'm hearing all these things about my team and my people as well as what I'm, I'm reflecting myself and it reminds me that we're progressing forward yep. and we're not being stagnant. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's really important to be able to stop and actually look back and actually see how far you've come because yeah. like, like you said, you lose perspective and you realize that well, that goal that you set two years ago, you hit 12 months ago and yep. like if you told yourself 12 months ago that you would be where you are now, you probably would have been like, fuck yeah, that's going to be amazing. I'll be... I'll be happy and I'll be content then. Yeah. But then you get to here and you're like, well, I'm not like I'm happy and I'm, but I'm not content. Like I still want to be there. There's always another hurdle. Yeah. There's always something else that you're going to set. And and if you're not celebrating those moments, um, you're not really going to appreciate them and you'll forget them and you'll just get down. You'll think about what you're not achieving and then who knows where that takes you. What difference is having that board to bounce ideas off made to you, like you as an individual, but you as a business owner? 
Oh, mate. It, I think for me that's been like my sanity check. Yeah. Um, so... So we do. I do that for other other people and other businesses as well. I'll sit on the board and, and help to provide that. But only in it was only until about eighteen months ago that I actually started doing that for myself. Yeah. And what I call it is it's it's the high five when things are going well. It's the cuddle when things aren't. And it's the smack around the cheek when you're misbehaving. Yeah. It's the accountability and someone that's journeying with you. And 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 on top of that, like for me, the people on my board are. Four individuals who I admire and respect in their own right. Some of them uh, run their own businesses, others don't. Some are yep. young, some are old, but they've all got different perspectives. So it means that they can call bullshit when bullshit needs to be called. Yep. Um, and it means that they can reflect and, and, and kind of like go and check in on things maybe when I'm just kind of smoothing over it and, and trying to ignore certain yep. stuff. So I think um, that's been really good. The other, the other great thing about having a board is it means that every, like we meet on a quarterly basis, yeah. every quarter I'm making sure I'm on top of what's going on in my business. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to look like a dickhead when I sit around <laughs> with them. I'm like, um, yeah. so like last quarter we did some things and they're like, come on, buddy, what's going on here? Tell us, like, I, need, yeah. I need to be prepared. I need to understand what's going on. Yeah. Do you find those conversations are more, more positive the negative or a bit of, yeah. a bit of both? Uh, I'd say like it's 90% positivity. Yeah. There's probably 10%. I wouldn't say it's negative. Just, oh, sorry. 50% positivity, 50% challenging. Yeah. And the challenging is it's not a negative. It's not a you're an idiot. You're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. But like, for example, like it's it's like it's like May at the moment. You know, I'm starting to kind of look at what does the next financial year look like because I'm an accountant. I'm yeah. trying to do budgeting and forecasting. And I'm going, where are we at now? And what is the growth percentage and all these kind of things? And they're yeah. like, stop doing that. You're working. You're limiting yourself on what you're doing. Why don't, yeah. you, why don't we set a number and then you tell us how you can achieve that as mm-hmm. opposed to you providing a reason why you're not going to achieve it. Yeah. So um, so that was really challenging for me recently. So now I'm running around trying to collect as much information from my team and what we do as a business to say, well, can we even achieve this? And okay, what yeah. needs to happen to do that? And so therefore my thinking has changed and I'm operating hopefully on a higher level than I was before. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about your team. What is... What's it like having you've got ten, right? Uh, well, yeah, nine at the moment. We'll have ten. We, we've got a bit one person in transition that we'll yeah. replace soon. But yeah, yeah, team of ten really. Team of ten. What's it like uh, being the leader and being the the figurehead of a team of ten? <laughs> um, look, I, I love I love working with people. Like I'm a people person. Um, like I said I, I care too much about other people's opinions. I want to be everyone's mate. Um, so I've I've had some lessons that I've learned as being a leader. Um, you know, it's it's good to to be everyone's buddy, but when you need to kind of bring accountability and all you do is wear the mate hat, it's really hard to do that. Definitely. Um, but for me, like trying to create a culture and an environment where everyone is involved, everyone has a voice, and everyone can participate in the conversation. Um, I'm eventually the person that makes the decision, but yeah. if you don't create that space, um, you're never going to make good decisions. You're going to make your decisions. So I think, you know, working with a team of 10 people, it's great. I get different opinions. I've got, um, I've got some fantastic, I mean, every single person. I went away recently and I came back and every time I take maybe a day or two off, I'll often think about the people that I, that, that I work with. And I yeah. don't, they're not staff, they're team, they're my family. Yeah. Um, and I always kind of go, okay, cool. If I had to start again, who would I keep yeah. and who would I get rid of and what do we need and I think for the first time ever um, when I got back from a recent trip I was like nah we're good That's the awesome. people we have are the people I want to have on board That's cool I, yeah I mean yeah there's growth and we'll eventually need more people but yeah. we have the right people on the bus at the moment which is cool yeah yeah, that's really cool My um, one of my mentors made me do that do that activity while I was away he's like 
I want you to fire everyone and then ask yourself, would you rehire yep. them? And you, you as well. And it's, it's, a, it's a really a confronting thing to do because mm-hmm. I think you get comfortable with the people you have and I guess what's acceptable and even for yourself, like what you do and what you think, what is acceptable. And it's like, it's a really good way to give yourself a kick out the butt, yep. look in the mirror and go, all right, so here's where we're letting ourselves down mm-hmm. and here's, here are the areas um, where we as a team need to improve. Well, you put up with underperforming people. Um, you know, sometimes they're underperforming because they don't know what they should be performing yeah. to because you're not communicating. You make it hard for, you made, you've made it hard for them to succeed because you, you yeah. don't give them the right expectations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I you know, I want to be everyone's buddy, so I, I, I often will avoid confrontation, and I'm much better at that now. But yeah. it's being able to have honest, frank discussions about what are we trying to achieve here? And like as a result of that, how how can we encourage you to, to be that within there? Yeah. But if you're not going to be that within there, how can we encourage you to be what you need to be elsewhere? Because I heaven forbid I've got someone who's working my team for four or five years, yeah. um, and all they want to do is something different, but they're just stuck doing it because they feel obliged yeah. or you know they feel like you know there's no other option for them. I'd rather release them and, and allow them to pursue. No, no one no one re- wins in that situation because you don't get the best output from them and then yep. they're not loving what they do and you setting them free is probably the best thing that probably could happen for yeah. them one of the books we were talking about before is like Principles Ray Dalio which you are yet to read which is really upsetting <laughs> but you'll get there's there. a lot of books I'm yet to read <clears throat> this is the one you have to read okay. it's, it's amazing but what like a really simple thing he talks about is um, the idea, an idea meritocracy so the best idea always wins it doesn't matter whether it's a janitor or whether it's a first year grad yep. or whether it's the CEO of the company yep. Um, if, if the idea has merit and it's the best idea for everyone then that'll, that'll always win out and they, they come to those conclusions through radical transparency and radical truth and I think in an environment if you can share all the good stuff and the bad stuff and, and have open honest frank conversations mm. you're going to get the best outcome for everyone mm. um, and there's not going to be that person that's you know s- silently resenting what you're saying or what another team member's doing for a period of time because um, that just creates dissonance. dissonance. Um, there's going to be an environment where people are challenging each other, having those confrontational conversations, but it's all ending in you know, you coming back to your why um, mm. and you actually finding those things that you <clears throat> can you can all do to help your clients achieve their dreams and achieve their bucket yeah. items. I mean, there's also a catch with that stuff as well. And like we, so we, we hire people who, who care about our clients, who have opinions and who participate. But it also means that like sometimes when you ask one question, you've got 10 people with opinions. Yeah. Um, yeah. When all you want to do is make a decision. Yeah. And it's, and so there's a catch and it's, it's sometimes you've got to have this really neat balance, balance of saying, okay, cool. At the end of the day, if something goes bad in this business, I'm the one that goes to jail or loses my house. Or like, I'm the guy that takes the fall. So yeah. everyone respects that at the end of the day, I have to make the decision. Um, so sometimes I'll come in and say, I'm about to make this decision. I just want to gut check. Does anyone, is there anything crazy that someone thinks we shouldn't make the decision about? Yeah. Okay, cool. We happy? Away we go. Mm. But there's other things. So I think it's about choosing the right, when, when's the right time to involve your people in yeah. decisions? Yeah. And when, when is it their business or when is it just your business mm. to, to be involved in it? It's a really hard thing to decide because I think there's certain times where you need to involve your team from a transparency point of view, but there's certain times where if like I, I find it sometimes where I'll involve certain people in my team um, to, around a decision and then the decision will take another week to get made mm-hmm. where it's something that I could have maybe just pulled the trigger on and yep. 
and explain why initially. Um, but that's just a balance. I think you deal. With. I use that as an excuse sometimes. <laughs> and I haven't been able to make a decision because you know I'm still waiting for so and so to get yeah. back to me. When I say, buddy, just make the call. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to. You don't have to have everybody involved on every single thing. Like, yeah. and it's kind of like a safety defense. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it means you know I'm not technically I'm not you know stuffing this up because it's someone else's problem. <laughs> I've delegated the problem. Yeah. How, how do you hold yourself accountable in that? Uh, <laughs> um, I think I'm really. I'd like to think I'm pretty good at taking the blame for things. Um, possibly too good to it yep. in that, you know, once again, conflict and not, not being able to kind of, you know, call bullshit and point the finger if it needs to be pointed in a positive way. Um, so I think I can definitely kind of take the blame and take the fall for those things. But um, I guess you've, you've got to assess the facts. Where are things at? What are we trying to achieve? What's happened? Yep. What caused it? So it's not not what's the effect, but what was the cause yep. uh, of those things and trace it back and then create a better process and hopefully next time it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Are you good at delegating? Getting better. Yeah. Yeah. So went away on this trip, six weeks, didn't work at all, came back and the business hadn't blown up <laughs> and like we picked up it's great- good feeling. Yeah, it was great feeling. Like I came back, I almost felt left out. Like my team were like- so close they bonded so much whilst I was away and like yeah. hearing stories of them going out for lunch and all these kind of things I kind of was like <laughs> oh, I've been missing out this was, you know but but all of a sudden I realised I didn't have to be the guy mm-hmm. like I don't have to be that the man anymore like I I want to create an environment and, and equip my people to do those kind of things so um, at the end of the day if you're not prepared to let your people fail you're not going to grow because yeah. I know I will fail yeah. I'll, I will either fail at things or I just won't get them done. Mm. So why don't I let 10 things get failed or attempted at yeah. any one time as opposed to one thing? And then everyone learns and everyone goes and that means the next time that person has the opportunity to participate, hopefully they do a better job at it or as a team we've learned and away we go. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And I think being able to fail and fuck up is so much more important, so much better for the business than not trying and not doing yeah. something um, yeah. most of the time. Yeah, yeah. What got you into accounting in the first place? Oh, that was just so I was good at maths at high school. I naturally yeah. was able to do it. Um, I kind of went. I, I originally thought maybe what I'll do is I'll become an actuary, which is like effectively forecasting and predicting, and they do a lot of government-based shit. And then I read up on it a bit, and apparently <laughs> you can end up in jail a lot. Okay. Because if you're incorrectly predicting things and people make decisions based on that, really? like you can have some massive... That's, that's and insane. So I said, oh, so okay, we'll be an accountant. And, and I can remember to this day sitting on a bus, um, talking to a buddy of mine about going, okay, I'm going to be an accountant. I'm going to do this. And this lady in front of me turns around and goes, did you know that are accountants in the top five prof- professions where suicide rates are high? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks, Dale. You know, thanks for the vote of confidence. Yeah. And I'm going to go and, you know, that that might be my future. What a, ray of, what a ray of sunshine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She was gorgeous. But um, <laughs> thankfully, I, I haven't. That's great. You know, possibly. Yeah, good but, from you. Yeah. Um, I, I picked up a gig at a high school working with a large accounting firm in the city. I, I liked. I, I had my claim to fame that I was the uh, Australia's first ever public school kid from Frankston that, that managed to work with a big four accounting firm straight out of high school. Um, I also think that it may be because of me they've stopped doing the program as well but, um, but I learned very early on that whilst I was really good with numbers and I could be a really good accountant I didn't quite fit the mould yep. um, you know working in this large corporate environment suit and tie like I was a you know punk rock kid it was you could call it emo but I think it was before emo was really a proper thing yep. and I had the bleached hair and the <laughs> fringe and I had the I took my eyebrow piercing out I had the ears pierced and, and, and I just didn't fit 
Yeah. Like I, was, I still was a great accountant, but I, culturally I didn't fit in. Yeah. And I was still there for six years before I eventually moved on. But I, I just, every step I took, I could sense there was like, whether it was like the organization pushing back against me or me pushing back against the organization, there was always, there was always friction. There's yeah. always a lot of friction. Why did it take you six years? Because um, when you are young and inexperienced and uncertain of what your future looks like, yeah. I guess you just commit to something. And it will look, to be honest, um, you know, where I worked was a fantastic organization. It it trained and skills you up really well. I learned a lot of really positive things. Yeah. I also learned a lot of things that uh, were quite negative and as a result of ensure they don't happen in my organization. But yeah. Um, you know, I, I finished a university degree, pretty much got straight a post grad, yeah, straight out, yeah. pretty much got a post grad kind of um, qualification on that as well as a chartered accountant. Um, I got a lot of exposure to things, and then the global financial crisis hit, and I got made redundant. Yeah. Um, which is code for like we have to get rid of someone. Let's. I say this, and this is <laughs> to be honest, this is probably just me and my like. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough kind of thing. And, you know, they chose me because I didn't fit in or I wasn't good enough and yeah. therefore I was let go. And so I was kind of like this, oh, fuck you. Like, yeah. I'm not good enough for you. Like, yeah. how dare you even say that? Like, yeah. yes, you'll say that it wasn't it wasn't a personal thing, but it is at the end of the day. Like, yeah. I've had to let people go and eventually you have to choose who yeah. is the lowest performing person yeah. and, and that's what it is. And um, so, yeah, okay, cool. All of a sudden I got cut free, but then they slid a piece of paper across the desk and said, we're going to pay you this much to because of the redundancy. I went, oh, sure, I'll go. Because so, yeah. <laughs> I was engaged. We wanted to buy a house. Yeah. So effectively, that piece of paper paid for our wedding allowed us to buy a house. Beautiful. Not all on one. That would have been sweet. But been it, it just made it, it, made it, made it achievable. And then yeah. I all of a sudden had this freedom of like for the first time in my life, I went, I've got a great qualification. I've like, I finished my course with distinction. I had this history working at a very prestigious accounting firm. I could pretty much walk into most places and pick up a job because I can talk. Mm -hmm. Um, Where do I want to go now? And what do I want my career to look like? Do I want to stay in this large corporate? Do I want to go smaller? Am I going to go city and I'm going to go suburban? What do I do here? I remember, I remember like, we went to Bonnie Doon, good old Bonnie Doon with like my what best a, mate. What a place. Yeah. Best mate and our girlfriends and we went and I remember I had like no money at the time and I went in the bottle shop because I'm like, I'll, I'll, buy, I'll buy a six pack of beer and I quickly checked like to see what my balance was. I think this was before internet banking yeah. was really a thing and I put my <laughs> card in and, and it said like multiples of dollars and I was like, all right, we're getting a slab boys. <laughs> and I remember that was kind of like this realization of like, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Like you're going to be all right. Yeah. Like you, you are skilled, you're good at what you do. Like you just need to have confidence and believe in yourself. And yeah. there are opportunities all over the place. And just because this global financial crisis meant that this one organization couldn't fit you in doesn't mean that no one else wants you. Yeah. Yeah, mm. where'd you where'd you go from there after after you you finished all the tinnies? Yes, after we finished all the tinnies, had a bit of fun out at Bonnie Dean, bit of four driving, it was good, good times. Um, so I, I had a couple of offers from some city firms and decided I didn't think that was the right thing for me. Yeah, a couple of them were like incredible, incredibly lowballing, thinking they'll get me for free effectively because I got made redundant. I'm yeah. like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually ended up picking up a job in Frankston of all yep. places. So I did work experience. Beautiful there. part of the world. A beautiful part of the world. That's where I grew up. Um, it's where I did work experience at this very accounting firm. Yep. So when I was in Body Dune, I remember remember talking to the like you know mate and the girl girls and kind of going, oh, you know what? If there was one place I'd like to work, 
it would be this this accounting firm. You know, I did work experience there. I had really positive experience. Like it, it kind of was one of those catalysts for me maybe going, maybe I will become an accountant. And yep. look, to be honest, all I did there was probably like, um, you know, a bit of data entry crap and fetch coffees for people. But at the same time, I didn't mind it. Nice so environment. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of like spoke this out and kind of left it as is. And then um, got back from Pontytoon, rejected these couple offers, and then got a phone call from someone saying, hey, um, look, I'm a recruitment agent, um, been chatting with my client, so on and so forth. They'd like to meet you. Turns out that client was the accounting firm that I said <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind meeting working there. So yeah. I think my decision had already been sealed. Like I was going to work there anyway. So That's went good. through, picked up the gig, and then yeah, then that was my next kind of three odd years there, working in a you know a suburban small business accounting practice in Frankston. Yeah. What was the difference between the the big one and the little one? Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah. So like the big one is like an office in Melbourne with 2,000 people kind of thing yeah. and divisions all over the place. The small one is an office in Frankston with 20 people. Yeah. Um, you're a lot more closer. You're working a lot more side by side with people. Mm-hmm. There's more opportunities to meet and spend time with your clients. Yeah. Um, additionally, you also probably see a lot of the negative side more because when you're like in large organizations, they can hide some of that from you. Yeah. Whereas in smaller organizations, you, yeah, you see get caught up within it. Yeah. yeah, and look, there's probably more opportunity to grow in a large organization because there's more ladders, rungs on the ladder Definitely. where there's less in a smaller, but at the same time in a smaller, you can probably separate yourself from the pack quite yeah. easily. If you're very good, which I'd like to think I, I was at the time and still am, um, I was able to then pick up some extra roles and responsibilities That's and good. kind of kind of progress further there. So yeah. yeah. And, and connecting with the clients is probably more your jam. Oh, I, I love I love people. I love, yeah. I love understanding people's stories and what makes them tick and then why they do things and decisions and then what I can learn as a result of what they've done and yeah yeah, yeah. and that like kind of tipped me on this journey of um, of what that looks like and, and don't get me wrong like it it still wasn't what I thought the industry should be it still was I wouldn't say miles apart but it was still very different yeah. but um, it just gave perspective on what uh, because I was working with smaller businesses whereas at this larger accounting firm I was kind of doing a small piece of work on large businesses yeah. so I got to see the whole thing at this smaller firm that's really cool and I think like a lot of people see how their industry works and bitch about it and moan about it and don't actually do anything but you actually started taking steps towards changing it yeah and I think I think my bitching and moaning about the industry happened after I kind of I finished up at that smaller firm as well like I I got to this point where I was realizing that it was um, the accounting industry is just transactional it's and I just I massively stereotype this so I'm not like but it's like fat blokes in suits (laughs) um, speaking jargon and charging way too much money for something I'm sure a lot of people could relate that to their accountant oh absolutely so I was like I'm just fed up with like this whole idea of like we're not delivering value I'm fed up with like not understanding and helping people achieve their goals I'm fed up with like giving someone a report like 12 months after something happened that doesn't help them at all yeah like yes they have to do it by law and yes you know there may be some learnings that they've got but how can they apply that learnings when it's happening so mm. far away so so what would it look like if all of a sudden instead of being transactional with relational what would it look like instead of working 12 months in arrears i was working one day in arrears or yeah. like one minute in arrears yeah. like what if we could like all of a sudden have data at our fingertips and, and provide answers for our clients before they even knew that they had questions yeah um and what would it look like if we we start to understand what they're trying to achieve and, and take that further and so it kind of led me to a point of just okay so i'm in this accounting firm and, and the next step would be to move into partnership but i'm 26 at the time which is a good probably 10 to 15 years before most people would kind of run or own an accounting business yeah 
So that may take a bit of time. And, and, and I wasn't sure whether it was the right environment for me because you know, it was a partnership, but there was one, I think, particular controlling individual within there. And I just wasn't sure whether I was going to have my voice heard. And I value like you know, communication and sharing as I do with my team. So yeah. sought some mentoring and caught up with a bloke. And then a month later, started up Illuminate, kind of out of the blue as a 26-year-old with no money, That's cool. no savings, like no clients, uh, nothing. What was what was your I guess mindset like right at the start before you kind of started the ball rolling? As in before I sought the mentor, or once no, we made the once you made the decision to start the business, and, and yeah, you, and you were kind of all in. What was your mindset like? Well, the original mindset was like, cool, I can charge clients two hundred bucks <laughs> an hour, and I'm going to make millions of dollars, uh, which I learned very quickly was wrong, um, and which was which was kind of a really good early lesson for me to learn because yeah. I set out on the journey to help people not to make money. Yeah. So I it would have been very bad if all of a sudden I started making money straight away because I would have lost that. I would have lost the whole purpose behind it. Mm. Um, but I think the mindset for me was just get to know people, build a reputation. Um, I read a book a while ago called So Good They Can't Ignore You. Yep. And uh, it was a fantastic book. I don't read very much at all. It's one of the very few I've been able to get through. Um, and I think like I developed enough career capital um, that I was good at what I did, but not many people knew that. Mm. Um, so thankfully, my business partner was is a is a, is a top bloke. Um, he's no longer my partner, but he sits on my board, one of those members. But yeah. he had a bunch of strong relationships, and I got to meet a lot of people, and I got to kind of grow and network through there. Um, and all of a sudden, I started to kind of, in my own right, be recognised amongst. Now, I'm not saying that like people say my name and they know who I am. Like, I'm not Sam Keck. Um, <laughs> who? Yeah, who who is that? Oh, guy? the Badger. The Badge. The Badger. Yeah, the old Badge. Can you I'm give? Not, you- Quick, quick sidebar. Can yeah. you give yourself your own nickname? Is that is that allowed? <clears throat> Look, I feel like I feel like the Badger can because that's who that's who he is. Mm. Um, I don't think I've ever I haven't been able to give myself a nickname. I think I've tried in the past. <laughs> uh, I know I know a couple of people who have. Yeah, um, and it's worked. Uh, yeah, look, they've been called it. I'm not sure whether it's been like a respected nickname or not or whether yeah. it's just called it. I think the like, Badger's clocked that. I think yeah. he's, he's done pretty well. I'm not sure how many people actually greet him as the Badger, though. I think I talk about him as the Badger. Yeah. To, yeah, to yeah when he's not around, you refer to him as the Badger, but when he's around, it's Sam. Mm, yeah. Call him Badger every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of our coaches, Cam, has been trying for years to get people to call him the Wiz. The Wiz. The Wiz. Uh, it's never. It's not gonna happen. Nah. Sorry, mate. It's not it's gonna happen. It's not gonna happen at all. <laughs> it's not gonna happen at all. Unless he like, I don't know, pisses all over the sidewalk or something, and has something specific that you can to be the whiz. Yeah, but yeah, he'd he'd uh, he'd put different connotations on the whiz. <laughs> um, yeah, what were we talking about before <laughs> before that's, I rudely interrupted? Um, I've lost track, mate. I don't know. Um, we'll talk. <clears throat> I think we're talking about money and your influence and meeting people and networking things. Yeah, like that. so it's just you're creating. So like. Yeah, I don't. I don't profess to be the badge. I don't yep. profess ah, to, ah, to ah. even think that people know who I am, where yep. my name's. But <laughs> but um, I'd like to think that people know that about my business. But what what I learn is that you do, you have to you have to network. You have to connect with people, and I hate that because I've always been this kind of thing. Like I don't want to have to do it the way everyone's done it. Like yep. I'm a bit of this rebellious. Just because that's always the way doesn't mean it's how it yeah. should be. Um, but I've learned that 
um, you still have to network. You still have to get to know people because yeah. at the end of the day, you work with people. And especially in my industry, if they don't trust you, yeah. they're not going to work with you. 100%. Um, so I have to build trust with my clients and then they will then maybe talk and say, hey, you should come and work with Andrew and his team. Um, or I have to be able to you know, find a way to for people to understand that, yes, we're good at what we do. Yes, we really give a shit. And yes, we can make a difference. Mm. So I think that was early days. That was the biggest thing was just following um, Jason, my business partner, around because he had some clients, getting to meet a whole bunch of people and then all of a sudden being able to provide a bunch of services to clients that um, was done on, at a little bit of a different tangible angle. But yeah, it went it went beyond there. So we, we that was just, oh, cool. How do we pay the bills? Because we had no clients like, you know, Jace kind of bankrolled me in the early days to make sure I could, you know, pay my mortgage and eat. Yeah. Um, but we had to pick up clients and then all of a sudden then we went, well, how do we make sure we're like connecting and working well together? Like yeah. we don't have an office space. We don't, you know, Jace was often at clients. I was often sitting at home. Yeah. Um, so, well, we just had to use technology to do that. So we like ran a cloud-based business utilizing remote servers and all these kind of things six years ago. And um, early days jumped on the bandwagon with Zero and, and, and all the other kind of cloud app softwares that we've got. And we ran our business and then we started consulting other people and helped them do that with them. And it just kind of snowballed that all of a sudden, like it wasn't just about relationships. It wasn't just about caring and that kind of stuff, but it was yeah. about helping people to build a beautiful business at the same time. That's cool. And then all of a sudden, if we can utilize some of this technology and we can give a shit and we can then journey and provide accountability, maybe we can actually help them to achieve their goals. Yeah. So it started happening without us realizing. And then all of a sudden, you look yeah. back and you're like, oh. But you had the right like reason for it. Totally. At the start. Yeah. Right? You weren't yeah. doing it for the for the cash or yeah. for the quick I've, fix. Or don't get me wrong. Like there would have been moments where I would have been doing it for the cash. Like right. I, I'm definitely not the mo- I'm not a righteous person. <laughs> like um, I, there are too many people in my world that are just good humans. And But, but I'd like to think that the core purpose of what we're trying to achieve is not to make money. It's, yeah. That is the that's the result of it's what we do. It's a byproduct when you do do. If we do, do it right well, thing, yeah. and we and and we have you know good people and good processes, and we and people can value what we do, then that's great. Yeah, I think like things like networking and like just running a business, like there's networking for networking's sake, which is what we kind of taught at uni or whatever. Yep. It's like you got to network, you got to meet people, but then there's like networking because you genuinely give a fuck about the person you're yeah. talking to and you genuinely want to learn from them and and try and add value where you can and then it becomes yep. this beautiful symbiotic relationship <coughs> where everyone's singing hallelujah and and dancing oh, around and then like but and you know, like, I always avoided it because I was just like, it's going to be this BMI bullshit of like, <laughs> you know, you have to refer and you have to rock up and you have to do all these things. And I'm like, this guy, don't tell me what to do. Mm. Like, if you're going to try and pigeonhole me, yeah. I'm not going to do it because I'm going to fight against it because I'm going to think of a better way to do it. Yeah. And you don't want me thinking of better ways to do it. <laughs> yeah. You want me so on your side. Yeah. Yeah. Let me be on your side. Let's do this together because, you know, I'll just be annoying and, and it, it won't be enjoyable. Mm. So I've now like started doing a bit of you know, some proper networking and um, it is for me, it's all about just getting to know people and I, whether I work with them or not, whether they work with me or not, I don't, it's, that's not the, that's not the objective. Yeah. It's, it's understanding my that's, community yeah. and understanding what's going on out there and going, oh, well, cool. I didn't even realize There's that. heaps of people doing really cool stuff. There is so many people <laughs> doing cool stuff. Like I met yeah. this guy um, recently at a networking thing and they're, they're like, he like, they're in like, 
kind of website and technology. They do a whole bunch of really cool stuff. And he was teaching me stuff about accounting. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? He's talking to me about these things that he's been doing with this software and this is and that's that I'd never even heard of. Yeah. I'm like, shit, man. Like, we're the award-winning cloud accountants out there and yeah. you're teaching me this kind of stuff. Like, if you don't open yourself up to other people, you're not yeah. going to grow and you're just going to think you're amazing, but it's in your own lunchbox. Yeah. And you're actually not all that good. Yeah, that's really cool. You asked me this question before, but where do you want to take it? Where do I want to take? Where do I want to illuminate to go? Yeah. Um, so I have a personal um, perspective on this, and I have a business perspective. So for me personally, I want to create a business that doesn't require me at all. Now that's not because I just want to like sit back in my bathtub with money and like you know <laughs> drive around a Ferrari, but I, I want to create freedom so I can pursue the things within the business that is is valuable, but not be forced to do anything. Yeah. Uh, additionally, I want to open a whiskey bar, so all these things. So I want to create a business there, but I also want to create a business in an environment that encourages and equips our team to be amazing mm. that our clients don't require Andrew to come in and be the superhero with cape which I learned recently I don't have to be anymore but I want, I want to create that environment so that for me personally that's that's what I want as a business where do I see us taking us um, we want our clients to get in bed every day and devote their time to what they value the most yeah. You know, cool. so I want to be able to I want to be able to celebrate on a regular basis the people that are doing those things. Um, a great example I had with one of our clients was uh, he said he'd surf. He's a he's a tradie, yeah. um, and I'm like, cool. Well, if you, you're going to surf, mate, like you're getting up at like five a.m. every day to work. You're getting home at seven p.m. from work. There is no time for you to surf. Yeah. Like he's you know, there's your family, you've got kids, you've got all these kind of things. Like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to put a few things in place. Either you got to find someone to fill a role for you, which will yeah. cost money. You'll have to work less which means you won't make as much money but yep. you've got to have perspective and we only really had a very brief conversation that was about it yeah and then i reckon maybe nine months ago now um i was talking to him on the phone and he's like oh sweet hey look i've just um i'm just about to go on this trip to i think it was somewhere off indonesia to some island and he's like yeah. oh sweet what are you doing he's like oh well um so some dudes from a footy club are building a surf camp out there and they've got me to come and help to do all the, the build, like building That's for my sick. side of things. I'm not getting paid to go, but they're covering my flights and accommodation and I get to surf every day for two weeks. I'm like, dude. It's a dream. Like that's that's the dream. Yeah. Like you're doing what we're wanting you to do because you've, you've created perspective. So yeah. where do I want it to go? I want to be able to have stories like that. Yeah. And I want to be able to, I want to, I want to allow my team to hold hands of our clients and not have to have me hold their hands and, and they can celebrate with them, yeah. that with them as well. It makes makes the important point and the realisation and the reminder that filling the bank account's only like a part of it. Yep. Having those experiences and being able to do all that cool shit. Um, <clears throat> I mean, look, there's numbers the behind dream. all yeah. this. Like, yeah. like, like I personally and the board are challenging me that there needs to be numbers that need to be achieved and, yeah. and there needs to be business value that we need to be worth and we need to be generating revenue because like I want to pay my staff well I want to I want to you know if yeah. I'm working my butt off like there should be a reward at the end yeah. of that for that's more than just like you know nice warm fuzzies yeah like we were talking about before like you can have all the the philosophical bullshit but if you don't actually deliver on the things you're talking the about calories then, then it's just like it's just yep. talking rubbish if we're not making money how can we actually make a difference? Because mm. at the end of the day, I'm going to have to say to that client, I can no longer do this for you yeah. because I'm going broke. Mm. Yeah, and it's a hard balance because you want to be 
focus when you focus on one you're probably not as focused on the other and then you shift yeah and do you feel as though you go ebb, ebb and flow between the two oh yeah absolutely like yeah. like so we we do um like what we call value-based pricing so we don't charge by the hour we charge like we're going to do a thing for you it's going to cost this much or like hey we're going to look look after you for 12 months it's this much per month yeah and you will never get a large bill out of the blue it's just all looked after yeah um, which is cool. And then I go, I reckon that thing's worth this much. And my team will go, whoa, 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 whoa. You said that's worth $1,000. I reckon that's worth $100. Yeah. So then we have this back and forth of me going, hey, value-based pricing means that we need to be able to communicate what it's worth yeah. and what our clients are willing to pay for it. But if I'm just sitting there going, well, to hit budget, I need to charge $1,000 <laughs> for that thing. Yeah. Um, I'm losing a plot. Mm-hmm. And we need to then missing, re- reassess what we're delivering. Like, yeah. Maybe we shouldn't be doing that thing. Because if it's only worth $100 and it takes me 10 hours to do it, it's not worth it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Let's change tax a little bit. Why whiskey? <laughs> oh, can we do an entire podcast on this? Yeah. That would be great. Yeah, we got time. Oh, man. So... <laughs> Um, I used to live in Germana and for those who live down there will know Ray from Seabreeze Cellars. Great man. Um, he opened his shop which was five doors down from my house. Card right here. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so Ray, Ray and I have a great relationship. He op- he bought the, um, the the bottle shop there which is five doors down from my house about a year before I moved. Yeah. Um, and I remember walking in one day and I didn't drink whiskey at the time. I was just beer, maybe a bit of wine, not really. Probably just Jack and Coke, you know. Yeah. Get old. Uh, and then um, I remember walking in I was like what the hell like he totally fitted out this shop like gotten rid of all the you know the bottom shelf stuff or properly put it on the bottom shelf and all of a sudden there's all this quality interesting stuff and and he's like do you drink whiskey and I'm like oh, not really he's like cool turn around I'm like well, what do you mean he's like turn around I'm going to pour you something you're not allowed to see what I'm, you're not allowed to see I'm like, way, I'm like okay fair enough and, and for those who've had the experience it's probably the greatest moment of your life it's yeah, it's, it's up there and then you turn back and then there's like three little kind of like plastic shot glasses that are kind of half filled with some kind of liquid in it and he's like cool try that one yeah and I'm like, going to tell me what's in it he's like no right. I, want, I want you to <laughs> figure out yeah. you tell me what, what, what you think so like and all of a sudden I started to like, okay, we'll try some whiskey and, you know, some I liked and some I didn't like and, you know, it was all different kind of, you know, spirits as well and gin and tequila and everything and and whiskey just kind of stuck with me and I I don't know what it was about. I don't know if it's just I'm a dickhead wanker who likes to look cool and so therefore he drinks whiskey or whether whether at the time actually... The Mitch Rowe effect. It's quite possibly the Mitch Rowe effect. (laughs) Um, It's quite possible. But I just just fell in love with it, man. And then like, yeah, like I've got a problem. Like no, I've got it's no problem. It's passion. I so. have so many bottles of whiskey at home that it, it's not funny. Like yeah. I've got to build another entire shelf to fit it on, and it, like I've got my my office. And it's you'd like, keep your bottles too, wouldn't you? It's all the way around there. Yeah, none of them are empty. They're all like maybe like a tiny bit to full. I hate emptying them. I hate finishing yeah. that last little bit. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, like I went overseas and brought back another five bottles and there was Good. another two bottles that had already been delivered during the month when I got home. So I had seven bottles all of a sudden and then I went and bought another 15 for like work functions, which ended up being maybe three that may end up at home as yep. a result. And um, I think for me, whiskey is about community and, it, and it's like a lot of people love whiskey, a lot of people don't love whiskey. But for me, what it is, is you sit around a table, a campfire, a, a, a wherever it is and yep. you you bring a bottle out. Mm. It's not like with beer where you just can drink it by yourself and you can smash through a six pack and there's no, yep. no one's like, you're going to drink whiskey with people and you're going to bring one bottle, you're going to share that. And everyone's yeah. going to have opinions and perspective and it yeah, opens conversation bottle, yeah. and it gathers people together. And you can have a wanky approach. So there's a, there's a group of us called the Whiskey Wankers that um, uh, there's a few of us doing it and, and we do some cool shit. Um, and we talk silly stuff about whiskey and we recently did a, like a, a night where it was like, is it single, is it a single malt or is it a blend? So I had like 
decanters filled with whiskeys and oh, you nice. didn't know what you were having and um, everyone will like to know that Sam Keck didn't get one of them right Not um, which was fantastic so as a result he won a bottle of Johnny Walker Red <laughs> um, good but but those kind of things I just love it I love the experience I love learning I like it's just oh man there's just something about it and, and anytime you find a bottle of Highland Park just send it my way All I right, love that done. shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's really interesting because if you if we had this conversation 12 months ago I would have thought you were fucking crazy I was like what are you talking about yeah it's just whiskey but um, like probably towards the end of last year Tommy T introduced me to gin properly and like I've found the same same kind of feeling with gin like yeah I could sit down with two, three, four, five people and um, and taste the gin neat and then taste it with tonic and taste it with different tonics and taste it with different garnishes and yep. and have a conversation and, and connect over like what is just a liquid um, but have some really good conversations and and, and sometimes it's the science that goes yeah. behind it yeah. it just becomes so interesting yeah. like the whiskey we go so in Scotland yeah. versus like a single malt from Australia or <laughs> bourbon with like I used to hate bourbon and I went I was in Salt Lake City um, a couple of years ago yeah. and I was wanted to get a whiskey and they're like why don't you try bourbon I'm like oh, I don't drink bourbon that's for bogans what are yeah. you talking about try this and I was like holy shit yeah. and I'm like well bourbon is a whiskey and yeah. all of a sudden now I like bourbon <laughs> like it's like it's just this weird it's kind of like a trap that you just fall down I think like mm. once you start liking something it goes but yeah there, there's just there's so much within it yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's and yeah it just gets deeper and deeper like I kind of look at it as like you when you first like try a gin or try a whiskey or whatever you like like looking through the keyhole of a house and yeah. then you open the door and you realize this house has got fucking thousands and thousands of rooms with thousands of more rooms and you can just keep yeah. going through and you can go it's different never ways. Journey, it's never ending. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really cool. But my, my daughter thinks that I have a, like, so I've got a beard mm-hmm. um, um, for those who haven't Facebook stalked me. We'll be, um, you'll be able to check on the, uh, on the podcast photo. Oh, sweet. It'll be awesome. You'll send me your favorite photos of, of your lid. Okay. I'll do that. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so my, my daughter who's four thinks that like I drink whiskey and that's how I grow my beer. Yeah. Beard. So she thinks that I go, I drink beard. Because um, she heard me say beer once and she thought I said beard. So she thinks I drink beard oh, that's and the grows my beard. That's outstanding. Um, Imagine if that was a thing. That'd be cool. Yeah. There'd be a lot of people who would be drinking a lot of beard. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's super cool. How does that like that love for it translate to wanting, a, uh, wanting to open a whiskey bar though? Because that's a big step. Yeah. So it, it's probably a combination of stuff. So I love people. I love conversations. I love all that kind of stuff. I also... Um, kind of like the idea of like so I'm in professional services and I give advice and as much as I know I'm paid to give advice not force people to take it um, I can take things to heart when people disagree or don't do things or don't pay bills and all those kind of things so I kind of have this desire of like this freedom of like being able to like connect with people over something that maybe they don't have as much knowledge or experience or maybe they have more yeah uh, and provide an environment where people can feel comfortable to sit and just connect. Yeah. Um, and over whiskeys, you know, is a good thing. Yeah. Um, like I've, uh, you know, I have this. Oh, well, you know, you're running a bar, you know, have a bunch of drunkards, and you know, how do you make yeah. sure that it doesn't doesn't just become a massive piss up? Because like, um, you know, whilst that might happen, that's not what you want it to be about. But I'm yeah. like, no, nah, it's a, for me, it's just this whole like connecting people over a, a passion that someone has and allowing people to understand more of it. And all of a sudden, um, I don't know, just you just let it go where it goes. Yeah, it sounds so stupid because it's just whiskey. No, it does. Yeah, but it, it's whiskey, but it's, it's it's more than that. Like it's a connection. Like yeah, like common folk is just coffee. 
Yeah. But it's so much fucking it's more than so that. much more like, than coffee. You you guys just lift some weights, but it's just more than <coughs> lifting weights. I lost yeah. a tax return. It's more than launching <coughs> yeah. a tax return. There's purpose behind it. And and the cool thing is like the more I meet more people and meet more business owners is everyone's kind of doing the same thing just in different different yeah. fields like everyone is trying to make the world a better place everyone's trying to bring people together and grow community and connect and everyone's just got their thing or their way of doing it and their thing they love mm-hmm. and I think that's that's a really kind of cool cool thing that we've like I think the peninsula does really really well is there's just a heap of like local business owners that love people that just want to want to help yeah. Um, they want to communicate and want to connect um, and all the the superficial stuff that come with, comes with being a, being successful or a mm. success um, becomes less important when you realize how much you love just doing what you do I think that's a massive peninsula thing too mm. like um, I'll ask a, a controversial question in a minute but like I think the peninsula in itself is it's the type of people that it attracts the people that that either move here or decide to stay here yeah they have this care factor, like they mm-hmm. care about the environment or they care about people more. This, they just seem to care a bit more. Yeah. Um, they're not as fast paced. They're not as stressed, and well, they might be stressed, but they, don't, you know, <laughs> it's it's just not there. But yeah. the question I was going to ask is, like, what percentage of people that you hear care and create a community do you think is actually bullshit? And they say it to make themselves look good. Because I could, I yeah. could be sitting here just saying, I care yeah, about my clients. Be talking so then I can go and like build my mansion. <laughs> like, who, who knows? I'm, you know, yeah. I could have a like stupid drug that's, addict. Like, yeah, like, that, that's a that's a really 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 good question. Because that's I, a great marketing thing, yeah. right? So compassion. Like, mm. you look at the big four banks, and they'll put all this. We care about you. I'm like, <laughs> mate, I'm an accountant. What, what was the profit they posted last yeah. year? Like. I work with so many businesses and not I have not seen one bank care about any of my clients ever <laughs> yeah. except for make sure you pay your bill thanks yeah yeah yeah. Oh, thank you for paying your bill yeah. I don't know as a percentage it's, it's probably hard like it's probably the same as same with most of the population like because you, you want to trust like my, my, I'm, I'm kind of the guy that like trusts people initially and then lets them prove that they're not which is I'm kind of the same. good and yeah. bad I'm kind of the same it bites you in the ass sometimes um, yeah, when I, when I, I don't recommend think, someone yeah. to go talk to someone and realize that was a bad call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I think that I'd rather be that way. Like, I'd yeah. rather give people the chance and have them um, have them prove or have them go the other way than not give them the chance it's at all. positive versus negative outlook. Yeah. I'd, rather, I'd rather think the best of someone mm. than think that they're a wanker until they prove it. Like, yeah. all, what it means is I... I'm walking around with a smile on my face more often than not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's it. And we had this conversation in the um, in the birthday podcast um, with all the all the guys with Tommy and Sammy yeah. and and Grant and and a few other guys. And we did had the optimist versus po- pessimist discussion. And we yeah. realised everyone in the fucking circle was an optimist. Yeah. Even Tommy T, who hates everything, <laughs> he's he's still and like he's still an optimistic person because it's always about being the yeah. best and doing the best you can and, and things like that. And I think when you surround yourself with people like that and that's why I probably struggle to answer your question in a percentage because the people oh, I don't, I don't, it's impossible the, yeah the people I surround myself with are all the, are all the people that I know are doing things for the right reasons and they're the people that I continue to surround myself with because like I'm a big believer that like um, like attracts like and if you do the right things for the right reasons and the right things will end up happening like I hate the things happen for a reason sentiment but the more I do things and more I start to realize that things kind of happen for a reason <laughs> yeah 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 I, and I think it's you know like yeah you're going to trust people and it may mean you, you let down a little bit here yeah. and there but um, you know I think it 
like so I, I trust people all, uh, implicitly to begin with but I'm also really good at challenging stuff yeah I think if you're going to be the person that trusts them you, you also need to be the person who can ask the questions early yeah and if yeah. you don't ask the questions early you don't challenge something like a part of it like an advisory council for some um, software out there and, and um, you know we had some conversations yesterday over something and I challenged we challenged yeah. something like me slash the group were challenging um, what it was and we, in fact we were calling bullshit yeah. on something that they were talking about and and right and because it needed to happen mm. but if you're not comfortable to do that and you trust people implicitly it's going to hurt yeah. over and over again yeah. Yeah. so it's, you've got to have that fine balance between yeah. like it's like having those safeguards, safeguards or having those like tripwires yeah um, hey yeah. I'm, I'm still like I, I believe my business is great I'm still going to put a budget together yeah <laughs> I'm still going to make sure my cash flow is okay yeah like I'm still going to do all these things that you know that's fine like you know yeah. I ha- it's stupid like it's like oh, I've got a cold I know I'll get better. Yeah. <laughs> or I could take some cold medicine. And, and I'll probably speed get it up a little bit. And it'll speed it up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Talk to me about travel. You've uh, you've been around the world a little bit? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, more than I think I ever thought I would. Yeah. And I haven't exactly done much. Like, so I had my first overseas trip was with my honeymoon to Bali when I was 24. Yeah. Um, and I never thought I'd, never had the travel itch, never thought I'd do it. And then, you know, went to Bali and that was cool, you know, yeah. as everyone, you know, you have fun in Bali, good times. I haven't been yet. You haven't been? Look, I'd like to say you're missing out, but I'd like to also say you're not missing much Mm. because it could be either either or for you. It just depends on what what floats your boat. What kind of trip you do, I guess. Yeah, so we went to Bali and that that was cool. And then um, uh, my wife, well, my wife's best friend got married, but she met someone over in the UK and just instead of getting married in the UK or Australia, they got married in Hawaii instead. Treat so yourself, as you do. Yeah, well, if we're going to disappoint someone, we must disappoint <laughs> anyone. And I wasn't disappointed at all. Hey, we got to go yeah, bloody yeah. Hawaii. I went to a wedding in Hawaii a couple of years ago. Yeah, and that was me. And then all of a sudden, you know, we traveled through America. And I was like, hey, this kind of like travel thing is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then since then, um, I've done Bali again, America again, Sri Lanka, and most recently, um, Europe and UK. Awesome. I, I think I describe myself as an adventure junkie. I'm not an adrenaline guy. Like, yeah. Um, you know, I probably wouldn't necessarily fit in at this point, current state with most of your blokes at your gym, like pushing weights and those <laughs> oh, kind of things. Yeah, we've, we've got, like, we're very, very different in that, in that regards. Like, we've got a lot of guys that just want to be happy and healthy and yep. and not do anything stupid. Um, but the, the cool thing that, like, we realized a long time ago and we're starting to teach everyone is that between the, like, elite athletes and the crazy people versus just living and being strong like, yeah. so that you can do all the shit that we need to do in daily life like play basketball on Monday nights without doing it medial <laughs> um, it's not that different like yes there's some intricacies in between the yeah. different kinds of training and yes there's an intensity and a volume yeah. um, aspect to it but at the end of the day it's the same stuff I guess it's what you want to get out of it as yeah, well like exactly so yeah so I'm an adventure junkie I like experiencing new things I like going down the alleyway and seeing what's at the end of it kind of yeah. guy so um, oh, and I've gone to China too yeah I did that for a what's uh, that like uh, pretty good. I was there with so I've got a social enterprise that I've I've started awesome. with um, bamboo toothbrushes and giving all our money away for Aboriginal communities, which cool. is cool. Um, we were there for like three, four, four, three nights. On the morning of the last night, that our door was knocked on and there was two policemen asking for our passports. Mm. However, 
the night before we went out with our guide and left our passports in a bag in his car because we didn't want them to get accidentally pinched or lost because we were going home. So he still had them. So he still had them. He was on the way to pick us up in a couple hours' time. And we had these Chinese policemen who didn't speak English. So I had to pull out Google Translate and try and say, I don't have my password. We we called the guy. He spoke to them. Apparently, and here's a hot tip that anyone goes to China. If you're not staying at a hotel and you're staying like Airbnb, and you're staying more than, I think it's like two nights or something like that, yeah. or it could even be, I'm not sure exactly how many nights, you have to report to the local police office. There and you, you have to fill out a form to let them know that you're staying there. Yeah. And I'm assuming it could be something to do with, you know, making sure that you're not, you know, drugs or whatever it is. Yeah. So they saw um, two white boys uh, in a very non-white boy area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like one night some security guard just asked us, oh, what are you here for? Oh, we're just staying here. Oh. I, yeah, yeah, we're just up there, room number this. And they're like, okay, cool. And they, they left uh, it. We're like, oh, yeah. that must be fine. They, yeah, they were yeah. just checking to make sure it's okay. And then, yeah. you know, the next morning, we have these guys. It was an accident. Yeah. But, but like, China was cool. I, I think I realized, and I'm very cautious about to say this because I've said this to people I know well. Um, I think it realized I... I'm not a racist, but I realized maybe there's some racist tendencies that were within me that I didn't realize. Yeah. So I went to China expecting it to be a communist country. Because that's what Hollywood had told Yeah, that's what, that's what it's been. And it was just a bunch of Chinese people living life. <laughs> going like to movies, everywhere, everywhere, having fun. Yeah. And I was like, oh, ah, yeah. oh, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't what I was like. Yeah, yeah, maybe there was some weird and wacky things that you kind of go, oh yeah, that's just the Chinese thing. But yeah. like, it was still a cool place. Like, mm-hmm. um, really cool. Like we found a whiskey bar and we chatted with some Chinese dude who like lived in Adelaide for six years. Yeah. And like, it was, yeah. it was mad. Um, so that was really cool. Love China. And we are hopefully going back again this year awesome. to go visit like bamboo plantations and, nice. and check some more stuff out too. Talk to me about the, the social enterprise. Yeah, cool. So it's called uh, Big Little Brush. And um, one of my best mates, Joel, uh, about f- four years ago now, one night we were chatting after a, a conference that we were both went to and he, he was telling me about this idea of how he's had some issues with his teeth over the years and yeah. like to an extreme part of where he almost passed out in the shower from like an infected abscess in his, really? in his teeth. Oh, yeah. Then he, you know, he so he went to the dentist and he realized like he could go around the corner to a dentist. It wasn't an enjoyable experience, not necessarily the cheapest thing, but he could do it. It can yeah. happen. There's a public system that can support that. It can yeah. happen. And he did a bit of research and, and, and like, I'm not sure if the facts are consistent now or whether they've changed, but I think the idea was there's one dentist to 5,000 adults in Australia Something like Kenya, it's like one to half a million. That's crazy. And I think something like some of the other kind of really minor African countries, it's like, like one to maybe five million. Like they yeah. just don't have a dental care. And and as you dig further, like apparently like dental hygiene is like number two behind clean drinking water yeah. and preventable things in, in emerging communities. Yeah, yeah. So we went, well, what, what can we do? And, and, and he had this idea of, well, what would it look like if we sold toothbrushes and we took the profits of those toothbrushes and we invested them into sustainable projects that supported um, dental care in emerging communities. And, and kind of fast forward about you know three, almost four years, I think, yeah. and Big Little Brush has been around for almost 12 months now. Awesome. Um, and it's morphed into, the toothbrushes are bamboo toothbrushes, so they're biodegradable. So mm-hmm. every toothbrush that's plastic takes 600 years to biodegrade. So just imagine yeah. the waste. It goes even worse when you think of Glad Wrap and how long that takes to go. Yeah, straws and... Straws and all the kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. So we've got biodegradable bamboo toothbrushes with biodegradable bristles 
pencils on it and we sell them and we make money and then we have partnered with a couple of Aboriginal communities uh, or organisations that support that so we're not the guys trying to do the groundwork we want to support that and then um, the idea is we take our profits um, and we reinvest them in so social enterprise it's not all of our money going to it because we need to reinvest into the business to be able to generate that Um, but yeah you're about 12 months through Um, we've sold a a buttload of toothbrushes we've learnt a lot of lessons there's a really cool team behind it there's um, five of us involved and um and yeah, Big Little Brush. That's it's, cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Get around it. Yeah, get around it. You can jump on the website, biglittlebrush.org, um, and you can buy toothbrushes, and they will get sent to your door, and you will look like a rock star. Amazing. Cannot guarantee if you look like a rock star. <laughs> rock star's a good word. Yeah. Great, great word. Love it. Solid. All right, I've got a bunch of short, sharp questions for you. Go. Uh, you, can, you can dive into a deep answer if you want, or you can go service, service oh, level. All right. Have you had a defining moment? Have I had a def- okay, I wrote a blog about, like when I say defining moment, this is probably not a negative defining moment, but it was like a realization. I was sitting on the couch one night after work, working my ass off, getting home, and my wife was crying in the kitchen. And I realized after like going, hey, what's going on? I realized I wasn't present at home. Yeah. I was so focused and committed on what I was trying to do with my business that I just wasn't present. And I had kids and I wasn't caring. So I think for me, that was a big defining moment in purpose. So yeah, that's probably one. Not that's a cool. not a positive one, but it was also positive. It's come out of it. I, um, I, growth's never. No, growth isn't always positive at the time. And I think yeah. when you can be aware of that, then all the shit stuff it ends up being good yeah. thing. If yeah. it doesn't hurt, is it really doing much? Definitely. What's your favorite fun fact about myself? Or just, or just in about, general? Just in general. Oh, far out. Um, fun fact. This is, it's funny. This is the like least deep question I ask, but everyone struggles with it because it's like I. It unless, could be anything. Unless you're like a like someone who like has fun facts, you wouldn't actually think of like fun Eliza facts. Eliza Kerr. Yeah, Eliza Kerr could know fun facts. Um, there's a couple of people in my office that would be very much about fun facts. Talk um, to me about uh, the ingrown hair. <laughs> oh shit! Because no, this should have told you about that. No, you shouldn't have. Because this is this is something that. I learned a fun fact today. Cool. So there's something that's called a polynodal sinus, and it's not necessarily an ingrown hair, but it's where hair, for some reason or another, tunnels under your skin, typically at the top of your butt crack. It can happen in your fingers if you're like a hairdresser as well, and it creates infected tunnels of skin and pus and hair. Lovely. Um, When I was around about 24 years old, this happened to me, and I thought... Uh, I had like this 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 lump at the, like around my coccyx bone, yeah. and I thought, oh, what's this? Like this, yeah. maybe I just Doesn't hurt myself right. with basketball. So that's weird. Yeah. And I, I was like, I went to the beach, and it was like rock hard sand. Lied down, I felt like this pop. I was like, what's that? And then I realised there's all this pus and blood, and like it was gross. As I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got cancer. I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah. um, so it turns out that it's a polynodal sinus, and you have to get it operated because if you don't, you can it can infect your bloodstream. You can go septic, and you can die. That's gnarly. And the hardcore. So they had to cut out about a mobile phone and a half worth of flesh out of the top of my butt crack. Like a 2018 iPhone 7 Plus mobile phone? Oh, no, we're talking Nokia 3350. Okay, okay. Like, uh, probably like one of them. One, yeah, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. And it had the, because it was so... That's still pretty big. That's because solid. it was so big, they, yeah. had, they can't stitch it up because yeah. it's open. Like, it, it looks like that. Yeah. Um, so every day for two weeks, I had to have a nurse that came and had to take the packing out of the wound <laughs> and clean it up. I had... I was like dosed up on drugs biting a pillow um, and I think my girlfriend who's now my wife at the yeah. time I'd been dating for like three months yeah. and she got to see that 
it's yeah. that, maybe that was the good, my defining moment. Good way to be vulnerable. If you ever want to like marry the girl of your dreams, let her see your ass crack in all its glory. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. <laughs> that's, that's, a crazy, that's a crazy story. I love that. Why do you write? Why do I write? Yeah, because you were talking about blogs a couple yeah. of times. Yeah, um, I really like sharing experiences with people on the hope that it will help them. Yeah. Um, one of the big things in my industry as an accountant is that I feel that everyone keeps things to their chest. They're all thinking about themselves and they don't want to share on the off chance that they may lose a client or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm upset. Like if it wasn't for people that I connected with when I started my journey, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. Um, so I want to give back to that. Definitely. So um, as a business, everyone on our team writes blogs, whether it's about accounting things or about life things, it's yeah. about that. And then I have, I guess, a, a side like and shit that Andrew's going through. So when I, I, yeah, I tore my MCL on Monday night playing basketball and I was sitting at the hospital and I just jumped on LinkedIn and just kind of punched out this whole like, when is enough enough? Like when, <laughs> when do you say that yeah. I'm, the pain is too much, I quit in life, in business, in sport. So I just like to share and, and, and it's, it's just cool. Like... LinkedIn is this environment where you can like throw something out there and like 30 people you've never ever met all of a sudden start talking about that topic. That's cool. Uh, and for me, I, that just, it, it, yeah, it's cool. I like it. Uh, that's, uh, that's really interesting. What's, uh, what was your conclusion to that? When is enough enough? Yeah. Um, it's still, it's still up for in debate. If you're my mother, enough enough was m- maybe six years ago when yeah. I've already had about <laughs> six surgeries. But yeah. for me, it's like this: the, the combination of passion versus um, pain, and and when does the pain go past there? I've got kids now, and I want to make sure that I, I don't have to like be in a wheelchair when I'm 45 because of it. Yeah. So I have to take that into account. But I know that my mental state, if I don't play basketball, will mm. be significantly yeah. less. So yeah, it's a balance. Yeah, one of the biggest nuggets I think someone shared on there was like plays footy, his body's starting to get a lot sore, and he's transitioning into more of a, a coach. He still plays, but he's more like a player coach. Yeah. And, and and so I take that from a sport and from a business perspective of when you're not the best at it, you need to let other people take that role and you can transition into a role when you're mentoring and guiding yeah. them and steering them and you need to be able to do that. Otherwise, you're filling a spot for someone. Yeah, yeah. And if you just keep letting your ego drive it, then <laughs> you eventually end up with knees that don't work. And I unfortunately have work. a giant ego and I feel like I'm 18 years old on a basketball court when I'm 32. <laughs> if you know when to check it, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Ego, but when you, when you don't, yeah, I'm super competitive. Like well, this, this is playing so in the, like the so common folk. My business, Illuminate Common Folk, co co sponsor a team called Bean the Bean Counters. It's amazing, <laughs> but this team's gone through a few different um, you know iterations. And Benny Hoax played on that team and snapped his Achilles with that team. Yeah. Um, so it's now had a couple of injuries that have come through. So I'm wondering whether Sammy Kex is trying to take people. Maybe out. we need to sponsor the. Uh, the physical preparation for we the bean counters. Yeah. I think we might have to do that. We can have an on-site, like, pre-game. <laughs> pre-game warm-up. Getting loaded up. We can make that a thing. We could definitely make that a thing. All right. That's a good idea. What advice would you give 15-year-old version of you? Stick, be true to who you are. Don't, like, so don't, don't pretend to be something else. Don't just, don't just do something because, it, because that's what everyone expects you to do. 
check yeah. yourself and be who you are. Good. Because I think, yeah, there's too many there's too many people that are just copy pastes out there. There's too many, and whether it's businesses or individuals, we just say the same things, we do the same things, and the independent thought is getting lost yeah. deeper and deeper. And as a result, I feel like as a as a society and a community, we're not able to proceed further. Mm. Um, there's this bloke called Rob Bell wrote a book called The Velvet Elvis. He was like a Christian pastor. Now he's more of just like a public speaker and like the Christian movement kind of shunned him a bit. Yeah. Um, he wrote this book called Velvet Alvis and like the premise of what I get it, of it is um, imagine someone painted the most amazing painting you've ever seen in your entire life and what they did is they held a press conference and said everyone behold look at how amazing this painting is you can all stop painting it is the best painting ever and all of a sudden art would not proceed would yeah. never you never and I feel that's the same thing yeah. if we all we do is we go um, like you know, that. Tim Ferriss or um, think think of all, all of those guys out there who are fantastic speakers and they've got great ideas and we go I'm just going to be them yeah. um, we're never going to progress further yeah. and all we're doing is we're creating replications and I think from within business as well if I keep hiring Andrews I'm just going to have a drive at Andrews we're never mm. going to become better but if I've got Andrews and Shane's and Mick's and Sarah's and Kate's and Beth's and, and um, Brooks and Naomi's don't miss anyone Christie's <laughs> it's hard to do I tried, yeah. I tried to do that with the team once and I was like uh, shit yeah I think that's everyone good. yeah very good I like that if you remembered in one sentence what would it be if I could be remembered in one sentence what would it be um, I think I think the phrase that we, we kind of that kind of came out a little while ago is just a misfit who gives a shit mm. I think that kind of fits well. Like I've I've never I've never really f- fit in, particularly in my industry, but yep. sometimes in other social circumstances. But I, I feel like I, I really give a shit, and as a result of that, it works well. Um, I often talked about it in relationships. Sometimes I find I'm the front door, not the couch. So there's like I wish yep. I was the couch guy, the one yep. where like that you get to know someone, you hang out, you become best buddies and whatnot. Yep. Whereas I'm the front door, I'm the happy go lucky bloke who like sees you and says, and now go over to that person, you can have a, an everlasting friendship yeah. with them. And so I, I I've, cool I've got a couple of close friends, yep. but like I'm more of like just that kind of vibe is kind of where it fits. So that kind of misfit doesn't quite fit in, yep. but kind of does. Really, but, really yeah. cares. Yeah, yeah, that's good. What are you most proud of? proud of um i mean i've got a wife and two kids who love me so that's yeah. like i'm thinking in my head like am i just saying that because it's like <laughs> what you should say as a parent or is that actually what it is like i think you know without without a question of doubt like i've got i've got a pretty pretty sweet family and I, and I don't really deserve them, but like that's kind of cool that I've got them and don't ever leave me. <laughs> um, so I think like they're four and one, my girls are. Like I think I'm proud of them, but they also, I haven't really seen enough to be proud of them because they haven't spread their wings. Yeah. Check with me in 15 years time and it'll, it'll, be, cool. it'll be totally different. But yeah. So if I go out, outside of the family realm, what am I most proud of? Um, got a pretty sweet beard. That's true. Yeah, that's deep. That's true. I try to, I tried to grow a grow a longer beard while I was away, and I got a little I get little holes here, and it doesn't fill out there. But so we'll get there. This happened. This, I I remember. So I did November for many years because my birthday is the 29th of November. It yeah. fits perfectly. And I remember one month, like halfway through, way back in the early days, Grilled would give you a free burger if you were doing Movember, yeah. which was they would have lost so much money. And I remember going in there on like the 15th of November, and they wouldn't give me a burger because. 
I didn't have a moustache <laughs> because I'm like blonde and you couldn't see it. And yeah. they're like, nah, no, no chance. And I tried to grow my eyes and it would never work. And then for some, I don't know, like there's like, I don't know, the nectar of the gods was blessed <laughs> me. Maybe I drank enough beers like my, my, my daughter thinks. <laughs> Went camping and all of a sudden like you could, I, it just worked. And yeah. I, it's been two and a half years now and I cannot see any reason why I would take it off. For fear of like, I'm, I'm a pretty pale white boy <laughs> and I've put on a couple of kilos over the last few years. So I feel like I'd just be like this pudgy face baby kid <laughs> and it would just not Mate, work. Beard works. It's, yeah. It works, keep it keep up. It. On the flip side of the proud, proud question, what are you most ashamed of? Oh, dude. Um, what am I most ashamed of? The moment I shared beforehand about my wife crying, yeah. I'm not I'm not happy about, but like I've learned about it was that. A growth, growth. It was a it was a massive growth one. Mm. It was definitely a massive growth one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, you know, if I if I go lighthearted, I can't drive a manual car. Um, Neither can I'm I. Pretty. Sh- I I never learned how to drive a man. I like my yeah. first two lessons were. I'm ashamed of that. Um, <laughs> probably, but yeah, I I'd say like there's there's definitely been moments. I guess as a husband that like where you kind of go, mate, you pull your socks up. Come on. Yeah. Um, I can be very me focused about what I want. Um, yeah. and as well being the front door kind of bloke, mm-hmm. I um I can lose. I my wife told me one day that I didn't know this said you'll often be in a conversation with someone someone else will walk up and you literally will stop talking to them turn your back and talk to someone else yeah like that's normal mm-hmm. and I'm like no she's like you do that yeah. you, you you get over conversation so I think one of the things I if, like is, that's an aspect which I'm not overly pleased with but at the same time I don't realize I do it mm. yeah so I need but to that's I need just to be, <clears throat> it's like that's just like nature and the natural, um, so you've got to be aware of that to actually change your behaviour. Correct. And that, and that's the without being thing. made aware, like without my wife crying and telling me why, without you know you know people pulling up and holding you accountable, things so how can you change? And yeah. I'm I'm lucky that I have people in my world that are willing to do that. Yes, give um, kick up the bum. Yeah, I can be pretty stubborn and pretty controlling and try to force and and, and explain why that's not the case. Mm. But like, yeah. give them credit. Like, there's some good people out there that are willing to speak, and I'm glad they do. That's cool. Who do you look up to? I've never really had a mentor in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I appreciate my folks. They're awesome people, but I wouldn't say they guided me through things. Yeah. Um, there was never like a family member or an old dude from church or any of those kind of things that I connected with. So I guess I look up to um, its moments for me. It's people like sitting here and having a conversation with someone like yourself. I'm like, yeah. dude, this is amazing. Like someone wants to have a chat. Yeah. I look up to those moments where people are willing to give them of themselves. So whilst I don't, I wouldn't say there's one person I sit sit here and I look up to. Yeah. Um, I think it's 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 a combination of a community based thing. So without community, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I learn in conversation based learning. Um, and it's people that are willing to give give of themselves in those moments. And I may never meet that person again. Yeah. But I think that's what I look up to people that are, that do that. And and I probably couldn't even tell you half of their names that I've had those moments with over the time. Cool. That's a really cool answer. All right, last couple of uh, favourites to finish off. Yeah. Favourite movie? So, as a kid, it was The Green Mile. Good old Tom Hanks. Yeah. You know, yeah. that the, the big dude and the tears and the, yeah. and the mouth thing. Um, I, I like a bit of James Bond. Pretty big fan of that. Um, 
Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, let's <laughs> you know, let's go deep. You know, yeah. um, I love love a bit of that. So yeah, probably be, probably kind of float around there. Nice. I'd say. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely good. I, but I, I mean, I'm probably more of a TV show guy now, though. Yeah, favorite TV show. Uh, the Office yeah. by a mile. Um, the UK. Then, UK. Uh, US. I like yeah. the U. I like the UK, but the US is just it's just got more to it. Yeah. Um, Brooklyn Nine Nine um, was rest in peace and then revived again recently. Yeah, that was, very yeah. happy in, with that. In the world we live in, that was never gonna. Yeah, that was never gonna stay dead. And then as a kid, it was Scrubs. Like oh. as, as like a 14, 15 year old, like. Good. JD and Turk, man, like that was that was the thing. That's my jam. It was the jam. Yeah. Now, like the other other stuff I like out there, that's pretty cool. But I think Nothing if, I'm going, if I'm going to the classics, it's Scrubs, The Office, and Brooklyn Nine Nine. And I am a happy man. It's a delicious trio. Favorite, favorite travel destination that you've been to? It's a tie between Scotland and Sri Lanka. So cool. I went to Sri Lanka for three weeks a few years ago, and it's just a mesmerizing mm. place. And I went to Scotland um, at the end of our trip um, just recently, and man that place is amazing and the whiskey like it helps but just yeah just incredible yeah incredible place and they're the polar opposites literally the polar opposite kind of countries yeah favourite book that you haven't mentioned already oh see I'm not a reader um couldn't tell you cool I reckon I reckon in my adult life I've read maybe five books and I'm 32 yeah nothing wrong with that I'm not a reader that's all right. Yeah. You get your information from conversation, right? Yeah. Your, yeah. So I'll your... talk to people about the books they've read yeah. and I'll glean those kind of things yeah. and, and I'll have, you know, like the, that's why networking for me is something I realize actually this is, this is where you should be going because yeah. this is how you learn. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, books never been a thing. Cool. Favorite place in the world? Bed is pretty good. <laughs> good answer. Bed is very solid. Like yeah. I said, there's this, this this group of people that do this before seven AM club, and, yeah. and often they'll share photos, no, and I always take a photo of, of the blinds <laughs> at, at eight quarter past eight. I think the thing I did this morning, quarter past eight, I shared yeah. it with my team. One of them was at Common Folk already at like yeah. seven AM, and they're like, oh, "I'll be in at work at nine thirty, taking a photo with a couple of other people." And I'm like, "Yeah, you guys are doing. It's, you're, you're too early, guys. It's <laughs> so bed, bed's a big one." Um, uh, I really like um, so Bright in terms of yep. location is just a beautiful town I've gone yep. there a few times so there's nothing like kind of going there I'm not like I'm an outdoorsy kind of person but not you know yep. I'm not somebody who's going to go trek into the wilderness kind of things but cool. yeah nice. happy with that and then oh, it's nothing like a good shit on the toilet at the end of the day. <laughs> life. Yeah, great call. Yeah, great call. I, like this nothing box, right? So, yeah. and and there's this. I remember watching this video a while ago of this kind of like relationship kind of dude, and he talked t- talking about the difference between men and women, and he talked about blokes have this nothing box, and it's where you can literally sit and yeah. nothing is nothing is going. You're not thinking about anything. Nothing is happening. Yeah. And I'm sure that like you know women and men have the same kind of space, but it's predominantly men. He reckons. Mm-hmm. And it exists and it's glorious. Yeah. And like my wife um, doesn't really do it, but often it'll be like, what are you doing? Like at the, <laughs> at the end of the day, like nothing. I'll have dinner and yeah. I'll be like, do you mind if I just check out for like 15 minutes? Because I've been thinking all day long and I've come home and this is cool. I need to either sit on the couch or I need to go do a turd and I need to do nothing. <laughs> Not think so, about things. So I think for yeah. me, it's just that reset space. It's I good. like that. It's good. Great answer. Right, yeah. Last question. Favorite whiskey? Uh, the best whiskey I've ever had was from Lark Distillery in Tasmania, hey. but my favourite whiskey is Highland Park. 
which is the northernmost distillery in Scotland up yep. in Kirkwall on the Orkney Islands. Um, I've got many, many bottles. I've got one bottle I brought back from Scotland that I probably will, may not ever open, which is called a Highland Park Fire. Yep. They did a fire and ice edition and it cost me way too much money, um, but it's definitely worth it. You just can't get it anywhere. Yep. Um, so I've got that. But if I'm going to go on a on a regular drink, Highland Park Dark Origins is probably one that I've had a few bottles of over nice. my time. And it's just just that perfect amount of peat like it's just it's warm it doesn't burn it's just it's just delicious good good yeah. all right how can people get around illuminate get around us yeah absolutely so we're all over the socials you can find us on facebook um look for illuminate partners it's probably gonna be easier yeah. um we're on twitter we've put pretty pretty strong um kind of gift game on twitter insta <laughs> we're all over that good um, we've got some pretty strong game on Insta. Um, jump on our website, Illuminate. So it's with the number eight, I double L U M I N number eight, because we wanted to make 75 year olds confused. Good. Yeah. Um, other than that, like we're in Mount Eliza, just cruising up. We've got lots of whiskey. We can have a chat. Perfect. Good life. Love your work, mate. Thanks Good for coming easy. on. Thanks for having me, man. Good chat. Pleasure.